Yeah. I wouldn't it, say it's it as ran, painful ran. as birthing. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm Someday. Just saying. It depends on the municipality. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Kat Lawson, and this is the Longleaf Pod, where I talk to people who are adding value to their communities across North Carolina. After a hiatus, I'm excited to start season two by talking with an awesome team from Little Diversified Architectural Consulting, Sharon Crawford and Marcus Atchison. Marcus is a workplace studio principal and Sharon is an interior studio principal at Little. And in this episode, we clear up my misconception that architecture requires a lot of math, talk about the role of beauty and wellness in functional workspaces, and discuss ways that the experiences of this year have reaffirmed their commitment to community. Enjoy the show. All right, Marcus and Sharon, thank you guys so much for talking with me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. So you both work for Little Architecture, um, which is a field that I know very little about. But as my understanding is, you all design spaces inside and out. And it's a lot of art meets math, basically. (laughs) So I know that you all do kind of different things within that company. So Sharon, why don't you first give me a little bit of just kind of what, what you do and how you ended up in this space? Sure. Well, thanks again for having us. Uh, So I'm Sharon Crawford. I am a studio principal of interiors at Little. And uh, I guess I've always loved interior design. I love art, history, space planning, especially in the relationship to architecture and especially on the commercial side. No residential, um, (laughs) not, not my bag. And I'd say 95% of my career has been with architectural firms. And I've been really lucky. I've been able to work with very talented designers and architects who really value the partnership of interior design and uh, and the architecture and how they work and relate together and that sensibility. I'm at Little specifically for the team and for the opportunities to grow and for the mentoring piece. I like having a place at the leadership table to strategize and and also to continue and shape the community and client focus mission that Little has. So how long have you been at Little? So only since April. That was one of my challenges during COVID. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big challenge. Interesting time to make that change. Yes, yes. (laughs) I had already, I was already going down the path early in the year I'd made my decision uh, to join, I guess, early in January, but just didn't make the final move and just took a little bit to, to get it rolling and had no idea that COVID <laughs> was going to be a part of the mix. So, yeah, fun times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, although Sharon's only been here a very short time, it's been amazing how well she fits in. And everyone who's worked with her has been like, oh, my God, she's awesome. She totally fits in that culture like she was talking about. And it's, it's, been, it's been really cool, actually. It's been, it's been great. And Marcus, you would know about what that culture is and what fitting in there would look like because you've been at Little for... A- I've, been, I've been here for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved down from Philadelphia and effectively made a little bit of a career change because I, I left a project design principal role for Jacobs up there to come down and, and Robert and Michael, uh, Robert Bishop and Michael Coates basically said to me, you know, why don't you use that design background, which is part of our culture to lead a studio and grow a studio. And I think to Sharon's point, you know, mentor people to take us to that next level. And I was like, 
Yes, that sounds fantastic. And mm-hmm. ultimately, my, my wife's from southwestern Virginia. So and we, we had kind of decided with kids that we wanted to be closer to grandparents and to family. And so it's been all around just an incredible experience, incredible move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So introduction about me, I am the studio principal as well of the workplace team. And what we do is is largely the, the ground up uh, piece uh, and, and that's where Sharon and I partner on a, on a lot of work and a lot of business development ventures. We focus on office and mixed use. My background also is art. Uh, I was a painter. I basically discovered architecture because I didn't have the guts to actually be a painter. Um, and my parents were giving me the pressure of, you know, we didn't send you to these schools so you could just be a painter. I was like, oh, no. So, <laughs> so I decided on architecture. But the funniest part about all that is there is no math. Um, <laughs> it, it, architecture is like this great compromise between artistic sensibilities and design problem solving. You know, so mm. it's it's not the sort of math side because that's really much more of an engineering concept. Mm. But but the idea of mixing the sort of beauty of space with the functionality of that space both for a client and for sort of the bigger, you know, environmental realm or the, just how to make the world a a more beautiful place, basically. Hmm. Yeah. That's a great point, Marcus. The fact that Catherine, you thought that it was math, you know, certainly, you know, yeah, we work with, you know, the engineers and the structural engineers and all that, but it is, that's why I like it as well as the math side, the two plus two equals four, you know, there's a finite answer, right? And mm-hmm. what is so awesome about design is that, that it's unlimited. There's three, four, five solutions, you know, depending on how much money and time you got. There's plenty, plenty of options you can explore. That's what's fascinating, I think. Mm-hmm. I love that you guys prioritize the sense of bringing beauty not only into workspace, but into people's overall environment, especially when right now that's such an, an odd thing in some ways to think about because so very few of us are actually in our workspaces right now. How do you how do you conceive of the importance of beauty in in workspaces in this time of just great transition and and change? You know, the idea of aesthetics was sort of an ancient philosophy, right? Going all the way back mm-hmm. as as an idea. Current language gives you that notion that aesthetics is a is a visual beauty, uh, sort of almost a superficial sense, but you know, we've really come into a, a, an age where beauty is a, a much more of a thoughtful idea. And I think today what's really important is this notion of the, the health and wellness of the people who occupy said workspace, right? Mm-hmm. If it's in an office, if it's in your studio at home, it's about making people comfortable. It's about making people healthier. We're really big on the whole well-building certification, which, if you're not familiar, is is almost not quite, but almost like a next generation of lead. Um, that focuses on you know the the sort of the ABCs, which I think Sharon can probably get into as well. That's that's it. You know, if 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 life were all based on the pro formas of people who built the buildings, we'd be left in a very sort of Fahrenheit 451 type society mm-hmm. that, you know, that we would all be just wandering around aimlessly. So I think that that's a huge part of what we do is focusing on people um, and, and what we design for them. 
Hmm. Adding on to that, the strategy of what makes a employee uh, productive. So lead, if um, if you don't know, is actually a um, an energy uh, leadership mm-hmm. and energy environmental standards. And lead was our, you know, the Bible uh, for for quite a while. Well, has been established in the last couple of years, and that um, there are like the ABCs to well, which are really interesting. I think so. A is activity, so it's very much important that we all get get your running in, get your walking in, whatever. Mm-hmm. B stands for biophilia, which is really just oh, you know nature. We spend like eighty seven percent of our time is spent indoors. And so how, how can you, um, how can you make that time, uh, less, right? Like try to mm. get outside, you know, that connection to nature is so important. C is community. And we can talk for years on this, you know, just that, that meaningful connection that you have. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of people alone and in isolation. And so that's some of the, some of the things that we're having to deal with now, but it, it's such a significant factor, right? Your community. Um, and then finally, um, the, uh, daylight, um, it's all about that, um, circadian mm. rhythm and, you know, being able to have access to daylight. In fact, I was just reading something which is so interesting, um, is that one of the amenities, you know, like amenities are something that we've talked about now, um, you know, for a while. What, you know, is it the foosball? Is it the, um, the beer tap, uh, you know, what is it that people want, um, you know, in a workplace and uh, what's going to make them most productive and want to come to work and stuff. But I, I was just reading where it's just they want to see outside. That's like a <laughs> basic right. You know, they just want to be able to have that connection to outside. So it just kind of reinforces that well culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, a couple couple quick sort of specifics to that. You know, an example of the A part is you design a lobby where the elevator is kind of tucked away and the first thing you see is the stair, right? So it sort of immediately starts to encourage activity. The biophilia is like a a green wall or something in there because studies have really have really shown that just simply the 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 notice, like even even if your window and you're sitting in a tree canopy, that immediately lowers blood pressure, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and the community, uh, uh, you know, obviously that, that and the daylight, I mean, it's just, there's, there are these certain things that it's sort of surprising that it's taken so long to become a focus because yeah. they're almost so obvious in a way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, the th- those things sound like just essential components of the type of day you want to spend, right? The type of activities mm-hmm. and the context in which you would prefer to live. I just don't know that I have ever heard them one essentialized down in that way, or frankly felt them to be as relevant as they are right now. (laughs) Mm. Amen. That's so true. Yeah. Our increased focus on our team internally, as well as our clients. I love that we, um, as little are really concerned about our, our people. And, um, and one of the things that we just, one of our great little initiatives or programs that we just um, undertook was um, it's called the little day maker and how could we make the day of a client or a coworker and the company put it forth to all the employees and said you can have up to a hundred dollar increment and we want you to blog what you did with the money and who you you know what impact did you have in a day and I just thought what an awesome way to help you know it's just part of that whole 
pay it forward kind of mentality and, you know, kindness, everything that we need right now, to your point of, mm-hmm. you know, the essentials. And it, it's just an added piece, I think, that um, has, has helped so much, um, that, 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 that generosity, that kindness that we You'd need. You'd be amazed at how many flowers I've gotten. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Coming out of the woodwork. I mean, hey, I'm you kidding. got yeah, you got your your biophilia and your community right there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. No, yeah. and and she's she's absolutely right. I mean, one of the things that that you know really struck me about the the place is is one of my final interviews here. Uh, we we happened to be down in Charlotte, and uh, Robert and Michael were like, "Oh, are you here with your wife?" And I was like, "Yeah, she's she's over in the next building." So we did not. She's like, "Bring her over. Bring her over. Let's meet her. Let's talk." Uh, and I was like. Oh my gosh, this this sense of family is is real. This this idea mm. that we're all in it together, and you know, the the daymaker is just one example of a number of yeah. of different initiatives. From uh, the ability to have your own research project, you can apply for basically internal grants. Uh, we have a biannual uh, rethink, kind of, which is is sort of think of a competition that's out there, and how can we reanalyze. Uh, a project type, a program type, or whatever, and then we even have the Sunshine Club, or the, or actually, it's a Lemonade Club. So I forget. But you know, if there's any problem in the office, like if somebody has a fire in their home, or somebody has a grandparent that falls ill, we have a fund that we all participate in. That at some point we can say, "Hey, you know, here's a couple hundred bucks to buy dinner for the week, or something like hmm. something to give back." Um, and it's it's just so important. And, you know, one of the things that we've been doing just sort of as a, as a firm, you know, we also have among all those different groups we have on our sort of Microsoft teams, we have a whole teams organized uh, to belong at little. And it's a, it's really a group that is focused on inclusion and making sure that everyone uh, feels as though they belong at little. And as a corollary to that, we've, our DC office has really been getting very involved in, um, you know, the, the historically black colleges, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, for, for us and in our industry, unfortunately, we're just not alone, uh, in recognizing the disparities, uh, within our workforce, but it goes back to the architecture schools. I mean, there's, that's not, there's, there mm-hmm. isn't a pipeline, there isn't access, there isn't these things. So getting down to some of the roots, um, and investigating those things and helping those things is, is certainly a part of our community as a whole uh, to, to do that. To add on, we call it our, our JEDI program, you know, justice, <laughs> equality, diversity, and inclusion, which mm-hmm. I just love that. And it, and it's based on those four pillars that Marcus talked about, you know, um, especially recruiting and strategies mm-hmm. for us um, working with the colleges, industry engagement is just amazing to me. So we, um, we've raised, um, uh, $25,000, um, for the AIA. Um, the AIA is architects. What is it? Institute American, of, Institute, American, American Institute of Architects. Yeah. Yeah. Under their diversity advancement scholarship program, we put in motion the Desiree Cooper Memorial Scholarship Fund. And that was a uh, black woman that worked at Little. That's just exciting to me as far as industry engagement and, and making that happen. Then it just boils down to the other pillar of just the benefits, the policies, the audits, the everything that we do to, you know, make sure we're um, seeing it all through. Yeah, great, great point. Yeah, no, I think that 
I think that that's great to hear one, just how the company as a whole is both responding to the need for an increased sense of community and understanding that for a lot of professionals, our workplace is a huge part of our community. It's a massive amount of our time. It's a lot of people that we interact with and having those types of, I think, directed programming and encouragement is really important in addition to just the right mix of people. And I know that both of you in different ways have you know, demonstrated your interest in, in mentoring and building community. I mean, Marcus, we met through Leadership Raleigh and Sharon. I know that you remain involved with, um, with Meredith School on their advisory board. And I believe you've also were a president of the Triangle Commercial Real Estate Women's Group, correct? Um, yeah. So how do you, how do you see those different experiences of both your community investments within your broader community, right? Your geographic community, your school relationships, all of that, and then make sure to bring that same mindset into the way you interact with your, with your teams. Yeah, I guess I've just always loved working on projects that matter, um, you know, in the community working with clients that I really love and get to know them more on a personal level. It, I feel like um, I, I'm just invested. Um, I get, you know, I grew up in, in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. I actually was born here, raised here, went away for a little while, but then um, came back. And I think it's just this community, I think that just inspires me. I love the fact that our work as designers, architects, can help grow and elevate. Think of all the great buildings, you know, the libraries, the town halls, the social service. I've done a lot of work with social services mm-hmm. um, with Wake County over the years oh, as wow. well. And I think, I think for me, it's really just the, it's the joy that I guess I get out of just by improving a space. It just means so much to the people. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's how I get, I don't know, it's just the joy of working on projects like that and, and, and helping the strategy, you know, the space planning, the, all that that goes in. I love getting to know all of the, um, all the groups. You know, I think about all the years of, you know, space planning and interiors work, you know, there were times we, I was come to the table. I'd never even heard of the company, you know, or what they did mm-hmm. and to read about their mission and to just get involved and get to know them and, and what they do. It's just, I don't know. I just love, I love that part of the job, I guess. And, and I guess for me, maybe that's the key, right? It doesn't <laughs> feel like a job. It feels like it's just, it's integrated with my life. Mm, I love that. Marcus, do you find a similar kind of, of motivation and, and joy in, meeting, meeting these new clients and figuring out what, what they need and how to better improve their, their spaces. And, you know, over my career, absolutely. One of the days that I was, um, designed the, the a large lab tower for the children's hospital of Philadelphia and, uh, really one of the great, great institutions in America and, you know, focused the entire time on, on, details, you know, typical architect, I'm like thinking about the skin and how things mm-hmm. are put together and details, all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And then we're there for the, the invocation of the final building. And, the, you know, Dr. Johnson or whoever it was, was, was talking about these vaccines that they've created that have solved all these problems and, you know, like saved the world. And you're, and you're sitting there going, I, I worked on that lab that, that, that has saved like all this stuff. I mean, I'm being overly dramatic, but it's, 
it's it's real, you know. It's like yeah. that's who we serve. I love too. Both Marcus and I are involved and have a great uh, science and technology team who mm. are currently working with Duke. It's the Duke Human Vaccine Institute, and it's over at the old GSK property. And it's amazing what Dr. Denny and that group are doing and, you know, the, the, the vaccine research development, all that. I mean, they're really at the forefront. And I think it's so cool to hear our members and our people just talk about it in a way that's like, hey, you know, we're, we're contributing to the cause, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it is space, but it is it, they have to have the space and it has to be functional. Um, and so it's really important. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, uh, I guess that's the correlation is just being able to see how, how our work in the space, um, you know, comes to fruition for, for these, for these larger and greater things for, for good. Mm. Yeah. So when you are getting ready to work with a new client and you are hearing about their needs for their space, what does that kind of initial planning and learning process look like, especially when it is somebody that has very specific needs that are very unique to kind of their industry and their workspace? So basically, when we meet and have engaged in a contract with a client, the first step is the discovery piece. So we like to have a kickoff meeting where we include maybe not only just the C-suite, but maybe some of the rest of the company. And what we like to do is establish goals up front. We talk about, you know, what's the budget? What's the, the drivers? Is it time? Is it money? Is it aesthetics? Is it function? So that then we come out of that session with our kind of our blueprint, mm-hmm. kind of our, our marching orders and from there, we would do programming typically. If we don't know the client, there's a phase that we call programming. So we have the design drivers from the discovery phase. Maybe we've done some field work because depending on is it a renovation, is it a new site? You know, it might be that they're exit, we need to look at what they're currently in versus where they want to be. I love programming. That's one of my favorite pieces is you get to sit with all the individual departments. We have like a whole questionnaire of things that, you know, they need. So there's the function piece as well as what are their aspirations, goals. And then from programming, we might do some focus groups where you might get different generations mm. together, or you might get, uh, you know, the different departments like an IT versus a marketing group, you know, the, okay. the people that maybe have the least interactions <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, maybe come together. And then from there, you can actually put pen to paper and start design. And to add yeah. to that, Sharon and I weren't able to, to meet him, but, you know, little diversified architectural consulting um, is a is a mouthful, but it was all started by Bill Little, and one of the great mantras that you know, some of the, the the old guard of Little um, talks about is what's in it for the other guy. That was one of his driving mantras for okay. his team, his mm-hmm. firm, um, and you know when we think about that visioning session that Sharon was talking about, there's there's this great definition we have where design is about problem solving, right? Mm-hmm. Well, visioning actually is about problem creating. And it, it's about sitting down with all those people that Sharon mentioned and, and sort of, you know, what are the problems that are going to come up and what are the overall 
issues that you guys are going to try and tackle. Like, and then you can get into the design phase where you start solving each one of those problems. Yeah, and it's very contextual. You know, every every client, every need, you know, they're all different. So you can have an expertise and workplace, but how you apply that to the different companies, philosophies, mission, culture, you know, is 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 different, right? No no two mm-hmm. are alike, similar, but unique in their own way. Yeah, I'm curious, how long do these types of projects tend to last? I mean, I'm sure there's a pretty wide range depending on their scale, but is, is there is there an average amount of time that you're working with with folks on their needs? Yeah, it can range from uh, three months, basically. Um, you're right about scale. Mm-hmm. So three months to three to five years, you know, I've wow. worked on, you know, some really big projects where, you know, it takes a good you know, one to two years of design and then same to, to get it built. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of your, a lot of the big projects, I'm sure that, gosh, Marcus, how long did that um, hospital edition, how long did that take? Yeah. And, and, and the part of that, that that's, it. yeah, all the, all the things you said are true, but then there's also the kind of planning part prior to that when, you know, you have to go through just the exercise of of making sure all the scientists are getting what they need, and and the programming and the logistics of fundraising. Yeah. And sometimes these buildings take you know seven years uh, of of deep planning to then um, you know solving those problems and kind of moving it all forward. And then finally, it starts the construction, and that's that's a long time too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, but all of it, of course, is is rapidly speeding up uh, things just keep getting more and more efficient um, and it's it's really cool to watch how all this stuff kind of unfolds hmm. yeah good point because you also have site plans you've got yeah I mean the whole uh, birthing the idea of a project <laughs> and getting it funded and then going through all the motions of finding a site and all that. Mm. So yeah, it probably is. Yeah, I wouldn't it, say it's it as really painful really as birthing. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Someday, it depends on the municipality. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 As you all think about, you know, that event, the eventual mythical time when we get back to normal or <laughs> go outside again yeah. and have workplaces that we actually get to see. You know, is there anything you're hoping you'll you'll keep either in kind of your own approach to team management or even in the ways that you're working with clients that have really kind of come to the forefront during this past year of the disruption of 2020? Um, I, I mean, I would say, I don't know if you would agree with this, Sharon, but I mean, I, I almost feel like flexibility is probably the the biggest thing that the understanding that you can work from home. You can work from my team in particular, and I think I think several others. There's been a real in like a real increase in in trust and in this sort of understanding that everyone has sort of a little more autonomy. You know, mm-hmm. there's um, you know there's this notion of hey, we're not all sitting together, which is a total bummer. Um, and for for collaborative, you know, creative industries like ours, it's it's certainly uh, had a major effect, right, in terms of being able to spitball and 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 collaborate and, and sort of brainstorm. But on the flip side, there's been a lot of 
hey man, like you, you got this, right? You know, here's what we need to do. Here's the objective. Like let's meet in a couple days um, and, and, you know, and get after it. And, and people do, you know, and, and more and more you're starting to see this kind of like, all right, so-and-so's got it. You know, when I'm sitting here looking at, at the team and who's doing what, it's like, they're good. They're good. Uh, what do they got going on? Let's, let's touch base. We have weekly touch bases and, you know, keeping, keeping that rolling has been, I think, really educational and a real confidence builder. And I would hope that that continues forward to say, look, you guys can't, you know, you're not going to be able to come in for three days this week. That's cool. You know, there, here's a couple of things we want to make sure we have by Friday. Um, but let me know, like, mm-hmm. if that's not going to be possible, you know? So. Yeah, I, I agree. That's my number one. And then I would say a couple others that are, that are truly, truly hope that, you know, these type of, um, values mm-hmm. or lessons, whatever you want to call them, uh, empathy is one. And then, you know, the casualness kind of of the collaboration. I feel like it, it goes back to we're in this all together. I feel like there's just this, this connection that we all have and we're almost like old friends because we're, you know, it's just the informality of it all because there is a dog walking past you. You know, you're dealing with life again, back to that whole integration of life and work. I just, I hope that the empathy and then that casualness, um, it, it will be something that we can continue. Yeah. yeah that's, that's funny. You bring it up. There's sort of two, two things that I want to respond to with that. It's like, I love the fact that, you know, a year ago, we would have been mortified if we were on a, on a call and like your, your son comes up to you and is like, daddy, what are you doing? And you're like, dude, like, right. I'm on a call. Now it's like you're, you're meeting with prospective clients and you're in a ball cap and you haven't shaved and you're like, Hey, Hey, what's going on? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, I just think that is, that is great. Yeah. I hope those things stick around. A renewed understanding that we're all in this together. We're all just people. And that sincere need for connection and authenticity and just mm-hmm. shared humanity that's a, maybe a little less formal and presentable under the old standards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, one of the other things that it's kind of done too is there, there's a lot of talk, you know, a while ago about work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've really tried hard to to sort of think about it as work life integration. Mm. Um, I think there's actually been a a real interesting kind of definition of work and life. You know, it's almost as though where we've been able to integrate it more, we've also been able to sort of separate the two uh, with real clarity now of what work is and means, and then what life is and means. So you can say like. I have this to do this week. It's probably only going to take me up, 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 you know, so I can now focus on what I can do over here because I can sort of segregate it in a way and kind of compartmentalize it in a way to say, now I can get it done. And since I've saved an hour and a half of commuting and I don't have to go to lunch, I'm I'm having lunch with my family. Like you can, you can now go back to that word. You can now balance the two in a way a lot more, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. You guys, I have loved learning about, yeah, about your approach to your work and how, how it is and what your company is like. Um, I 
I close out these these chats with asking people to share something or someone uh, that's been inspiring you lately. So, Marcus, you're in the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I have to admit that I think my wife has been absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I when I think about the strength of our relationship. Uh, throughout the course of this really stressful time, you know, we're in in many ways in the enviable position where we were able to sort of switch to single income and, and she stay at home. That ain't easy. Yeah. Um, it is not easy at all. And, and then you add all this school complexity and you add the the relationship struggles with with the kids. And, you know, there's there's almost no break. Um and she's just been incredible. Like, you know, she's, she's stressed out at the end of every day. And so I tried, you know, mostly in vain to, to help, but you know, the fact that she's like every day, it keeps, keeps at it. And it's, it's been unbelievably inspiring. Mm, I love it. Sharon, how about you? So Sally Edwards is a great friend of mine and she really does inspire me daily. So she's not only like, she's a great chef, She's a gardener. She's a strategist. But in the end, she's such a people person. Uh, she runs uh, Marbles Kids Museum mm. in downtown Raleigh. Yeah. I don't know if you know her. Um, but I don't know how through this pandemic she has maintained and they, um, you know, they went online with programs. You know, they're doing some summer camps. And then recently, you know, Governor Cooper, you know, mm-hmm. 2.5 you know, announced that, you know, museums can open. Well, they had gotten no forewarning about that. Like they learned it the same day we all did. And so, um, you know, her gracefulness, she always has a very positive and of course there at Marbles, a very playful approach to everything. And she just is somebody, I spend a lot of time with her and I'm just amazed by her, her energy and her, her playful approach or just something that just give me joy and hope that I can take some of it and impart upon my people, my, uh, my family. Yeah. She's, she's a special person. Awesome. Thank you for sharing her. Uh, well guys, thank you so much for, for chatting with me today and for making time in your schedules for this. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And, and tying it, tying it back to the beginning. I think you can walk away with the understanding now that there's no math. math. Who knew? and that's it for this episode of the longleaf pod if you have any thoughts or suggestions for someone you think is adding value to their community you can find me on twitter as at kat lawson thanks for listening